What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the GOAT Show. It is Friday, October 22nd. Uh, yeah, you can call me GOAT. I'm here with Ryan again today from Greatness Debates on Instagram. Ryan, how's it going? Good, good. How about you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> um, a lot of early mornings and late nights, but that's <laughs> that's life these days. Um, yep. But yeah, lots of great football to talk about. Um, we are officially a third of the way through the season, which sounds weird, but I don't know. I think it breaks up kind of nicely uh, having 18 weeks. At least, yeah, it's a nice even mm-hmm. split compared to 17 where it's like, well, you can kind of do quarters with games, but not everybody's at the same place. This, we're at a nice, like, all right, third of the way through the season. Um, so, as much as I don't like odd numbers, it it breaks up okay. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, not a great week of football to be me. Um, <laughs> just a lot of things that I kind of cared about and invested myself in did not go my way. Cause we started off Thursday night with a, uh, bucks win. I didn't, I didn't watch the game live, but I saw some posts and stuff going around after. And I ended up watching, um, just a few clips here and there from the game. And there were some, some not awesome officiating, uh, in my opinion. Oh, wow. That never happens. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought um, <laughs> that something questionable would go in the way of uh, Tampa Bay in this case? But uh, I know the biggest one that stands out is that interception that was called incomplete, even though he had his hand under the ball. Like, the, I don't remember who the player was, but the Eagles. <laughs> defensive back had his hand under the ball the entire time um yeah with control and it was real incomplete not great there were a couple um couple times that the bucks defensive backs were getting really friendly with the eagles receivers and (laughs) nobody seemed to mind um i'm not too upset because the eagles really shouldn't have had any business in this game Anyways, but <laughs> um, that's just not what you want to see uh, mm-hmm. in prime time. So, started off with that the uh, the Giants got embarrassed. Which, if you've been listening so far this season, um, I yeah, uh, I just want so much better for them. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get back to that. You are flirting with them, so. No, it was it was the crush on them. Oh. It was uh, flirting with Flacco, talking about the Eagles a while ago. Um, yeah. My apologies, crushing the Giants, no. flirting with Flacco. Yeah, uh, it was weird. I actually thought about Flacco the other day because I was like, is he still actually on the? Because I hadn't thought about him since they traded for, um, Minshew. since they traded for Minshew, and I was <laughs> like, is he still? Yeah, and he's still kicking around. Uh, which is weird to think about, but anyways, uh, I mean, so he's that, an elite quarterback, so yeah, I mean, you gotta be somewhere. 
yeah, third string on the Eagles, like, or I don't know, maybe second. I, I don't make the decisions there. So, um, <laughs> Uh, so there was that the the Broncos lost bad to the Raiders after I spent a lot of time arguing on Instagram about how the Broncos were better than them. And I still think, well, sorry, I thought after that game that um, the Broncos with a above average quarterback would have won that game mm-hmm. after last night losing to the browns backups i'm not so sure um <laughs> so long story short i'm not going to expect anything from them at least for the rest of the year um we'll see moving forward in the future but uh not going to expect too much not going to make a fool of myself on the internet defending them because they're don't deserve it right now. Um, and We're then, <laughs> and then uh, the week capped off obviously with the Bills losing to the Titans on Monday Night Football. Um, and I'll, look, I'll touch on this as we go through the games in a little bit, but I do really like the Titans still too. But um, watching just the way it all went down with the failed fourth down conversion uh, really hurt. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get back to that. But that's that's how my week was. And that kind of, you know, um, set the tone for for the whole week for me. So it's been, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this next one's a little better. But, um, yeah, if you're – I right, I wanted to – today go through uh just some quick thoughts from the games what i really wanted to do since we are at a nice spot in the season i wanted to do some award talk Mm -hmm. uh just kind of how that's shaking out right now and then of course the second ever goat of the week will be handed out at the end of the show nominees this week were derrick henry kirk cousins and cd lamb um i was the uh the fan nomination i was a little disappointed this week was a little dry but i think that's mostly because maybe there was a really obvious one between our two nominations so nobody even wanted to try um not to give anything away there um but um i if it wasn't henry i was pretty close but i was i was thinking about dak prescott um Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about what he did in a second. And TJ Watt as well um, did some great stuff in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and then second in the um, fan vote was Cooper Cup. Also had a great game. We got some love for the Raiders interim head coach. He got a nomination. Um mm. And I believe the Cardinals coaching staff did as well. So that's kind of, I, I, I like to see that. It's kind of the spirit of what I'm going for there. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah, in the future, it'll be a little less one-sided. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll formally announce that at the end of the show. But until then, um, Thursday Night Football, we 
yeah, I touched on this before. 28-22 in favor of the Buccaneers. Um, looks like Jalen Hurts is still kind of fighting for his job long term. Um, kind of a questionable offense overall by the Eagles. Miles Sanders was averaging over six yards a carry and only got nine carries. Needs the ball more if he's going to be that efficient. You just got to give it to him. He's just not getting the opportunities, which is bizarre. Um mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, I think it was definitely an interception. I don't know how much it would have mattered in the grand scheme of things, but um, this should have been an absolute stinker of a game. It ended up being kind of interesting. So I guess can't complain too, too much, but that's that, I guess. Um, and then, sorry, did you have anything else to say about that? Uh, one thing I have a couple things. One of them would be that I really agree that Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, for those who don't know, really needs to fix their offense. It's just a very awkward looking offense. It's a scrimmage, a lot of screens and RPOs and it's just kind of ugly looking. And like obviously the Miles Sanders, they need to they need to feed him. He's a really good top ten caliber running back. And they're just not allowing him to get in rhythm and carry the ball. And I don't feel like they get Devonta Smith involved a lot of games as much as they should. It feels like some games, you know, he gets a bunch of targets and receptions. And other games, like against an injured Tampa secondary, he has like two catches. Yeah. And it's just it's just a weird offense. And I know that Jalen Hurts has his struggles, you know, the accuracy. I just feel like Nick Sirianni is just not helping him with the way he runs that offense. And I think that they can be pretty dynamic. And I just think that they're kind of handicapping themselves. And if I have another thought, it's that Tampa Bay is looking out with the way with matchups, with how banged up their secondary is right now, especially with some of the stagnation they have on offense. They're lucky that they're playing teams like New England and, Philly as of recently that don't yeah. have that aren't as good vertically that could really make them work because if they play Dallas again, I think Dallas would beat them. I would even argue handily the way not not like a blowout, but like yeah. Dallas could beat them pretty like comfortably the way Tampa and um the Rams beat them comfortably and yeah. I think the Rams would do it again. So just naming some teams that they've played. So, yeah, I mean, Tampa's lucking out with matchups because it's not – sometimes it's not if you play a team, it's when you play a team. Yeah. And um, Tampa's not really looking like the dominant super team that they really should at the moment. But, um, yeah, just they're kind of lucking out. And at the same time, Philly needs to uh, really – get some verticality in their offense and get the ball rolling with Miles Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good outlook there. I'm just looking ahead at the Bucks schedule coming up and they're, they don't play a ton of great passing teams for the rest of the year so they have the bears next week and then they go on the road to play the saints for the first time this season Hmm. uh which is on an even week so we might 
that might be a bad Jameis week uh, if the trend oh. continues. <laughs> um, and then they have Washington, who their offense has been iffy. Just well, actually, sorry, actually surprisingly decent um, in some ways lately, but still not like an elite passing team. Giants, sad to admit, not a great passing team. Colts, <laughs> hit or miss. Wentz has been efficient, but mm-hmm. who's to say? Um, yeah, the only team that they play that like is for sure passing the ball well is the Bills in Week 14. But other than that, it's um, that secondary might not get tested too much, which is good for them, I suppose. Um, that probably doesn't matter a ton right now. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. So I was sharing what yeah. I was looking at. Um, yeah, it, it is It is funny how Brit, they'll win a Super Bowl and have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL the next season. Yeah, it seems to happen a lot. Uh, but nobody <laughs> seems to remember that in the long run. Yeah, um, when they win their division, tough game go to the Super Bowl. So, like, that's always been a part of the process for Brady's teams, you know, getting that home field. Of course, they were a wild card team last season, but, yeah, it is is interesting. I like playing in the – how much playing in the AFC East helped those Patriot teams. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moving along, we got Sunday morning uh, in London, the (laughs) – The Dolphins versus the Jaguars. The Dolphins. Um, <laughs> the Dolphins versus the Jaguars. Um, actually turned out to be a pretty intriguing one, uh, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you get sometimes with two, like, not awesome teams just going at it, which, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. might not look great on paper, but if if it's competitive, that's a decent ballgame. So, mm-hmm. um Jaguars just did what they do overseas, I guess. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are, but they seem to win like every time they're over there and no other time. So, um, yeah, like I said, uh, in the past, it's always a joy to see the Dolphins, um, I guess, show their true colors, I would say. Um, that. Sorry, I for some context, kind of my, my whole thing with the Dolphins came last year when I did um, some record predictions, and I didn't expect much from the Dolphins. I wasn't terribly rude to them, but I was not generous. And so many people came at me in the comments and were like, no, the Dolphins are so much better than that. I'm like, they're not actually, they weren't that great. They didn't do that much. They brought in a few um, big defensive free agents and drafted an entire offensive line, it seemed like. But there still wasn't a lot to love for that team. And I feel like they overachieved a bit last year against teams that loved to turn the ball over. Um and here we are this year. They are what one in five now, one in six maybe. Basement of the AFC East. Too. Yeah. Um, and they're sorry, they're one in five, and their only win 
was against the Patriots in week one by one point because of a Patriots fumble down the stretch. So, um, yeah, they're just not doing anything great right now. They're 29th and 29th in scoring and 30th in yards for both offense and defense. So at least they're consistent, I guess. Um, <laughs> sorry, just kind of want to take a victory lap on that one. But there's some positives from this game. Um, mm-hmm. I started Mike Kosicki, and for probably the first time ever, I'm glad I did. Uh, he had eight <laughs> catches for 115 yards. Nice game for him. Um, and Trevor Lawrence got his first career win. And I believe you had some stuff you wanted to add to that. Yeah, yeah, I do. And um, yeah, I, it. I was one of the people kind of on a Dolphins hype train before the season, looking up since Tua was the official starter. I thought that he could have a pretty, pretty nice season as a starter, especially looking at some of the weapons he'd have. Yeah, but it's just like I thought. Like I could see them kind of being a team that could break out in a sense and go in the and maybe make some noise and I saw some people agreeing with me so I was like oh I'm not crazy some people actually think this too but after watching them it's just so so ugly their defense isn't what it's shaped up to be too as far from what I thought he would look like um I know that they're trying to trade Rashawn Watson I long time now and yeah. honestly, they should just go for it. I, I know there's a lot surrounding him, you know, with the, the off the field accusations. And I don't know how that's going to impact the situation. Like if he'll um, be able to play or not, I'm going to assume like trading for him is trading for him next season. Basically, I would assume. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Dolphins, I don't want to, like, scapegoat Tua too much because there's obviously other issues with this team, but he's a big part of it. I don't think he'll ever be as good as Deshaun Watson. Like, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is an elite quarterback talent. Yeah. And those don't come around every day. So, the Dolphins, this season's looking rough for them. Go after Deshaun Watson. And um, that Brian Flores, a coach that I've been high on, kind of has to be on at least a semi-hot seat. At least the seat's starting to get a bit warmer. I, I got to feel like, to an extent, would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, I don't know, unless they literally go, like, 1-16 in 16 this year, I think – they, I think Flores should get another chance. Um, be kind of shocked just because of the the wins they put together last year. Um, yeah, I think just one down year is a little bit of an overreaction. Um, mm-hmm. Coming from someone who definitely thinks Flores is a little overrated, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand kind of the idea of him being on the hot seat i would be shocked if he was gone after the season yeah and if they were acquired deshaun watson and they put the defense together and they start winning then 
we wouldn't be having this conversation. So yeah, yeah. definitely hold on to Flores for the moment. However, my main to takeaways from this game were more on the Jaguars side. I'd like to start by shouting out Matt Wright, who made the first Jaguars field goal in a tremendously long amount of time. And bizarre. Oh, what would you say? I said it's it's bizarre how long they went. <laughs> yeah, and um, I know we kicked for the Steelers at one point not too long ago okay. when uh, Chris Boswell got injured. So it's nice to see him, you know, doing really cool things. But um, I was more so looking at, like Trevor Lawrence and how, how kind of, how how pretty amazing it is in his own way that he's been throughout all the drama with Urban Meyer, that he's been really mature for a young quarterback that's had so many eyes on him over the years. And yeah, like, all he's really done is just play to the best of his abilities and get better, in my opinion, week after week. I know that he's turned the ball over a lot, but looking, just watching him, the talent, the arm talent is on display. In my opinion, he is the best arm talent from this past draft. All the physical talent is there. He's not making terrible decisions, even with constant pressure, because his offensive line kind of stinks. And I think that he's showing all the signs of a great quarterback, and I think that he's going to be a really good quarterback, one of the elite premier quarterbacks in the league for a long time and could have a Peyton Manning-esque impact on this franchise, turning them around and turning them into a playoff slash contending team at some point. Not that I'm saying that he'll be as great as Peyton Manning, but I'm just saying that he could have that impact someday for a Jacksonville franchise that surely. Yeah. Uh, no, I forgot what you're saying there. It's weird. Um, how similar kind of just coming up through their college careers and then looking at their <laughs> NFL careers are starting. Um, yeah, obviously Lawrence has all of the talent. He was the first overall pick and pretty much guaranteed the first overall pick since he graduated high school for a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, yeah, obviously he has the talent. Um, is almost just trying to do too much, just that learning curve of, oh, I can't make that um, throw. Yeah, I can't force that throw in the NFL like I would in college, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it felt like a terrible decision. But it's just like, oh, like those those defenders are a little faster, a little a little better than they were <laughs> last year. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes he kind of has that Carson Wentz hero ball mentality. Yeah. And although that's not always the efficient way to play, I can't really get mad at a guy for trying to make a play yeah. to move his offense down the field and score because that's the name of the game as a quarterback. You're trying to move the ball down the field and score. It's just doing it in a way that's smart and trying to keep the ball away from the defense. And I, and I think he's been doing that in recent weeks and watching him against Miami, especially in that fourth quarter, he looked really good and, I think he's going to end up progressing really well in the season. And I think, like I said, in the future, he's going to be an astounding quarterback. So props to him because there's a lot of negativity in Jacksonville. I have a poor situation in general. Now his head coach is frolicking around in bars. So <laughs> so he's he, he kind of had to 
while trying to figure out how to play in the NFL after a training where he was splitting reps. Apparently there was a competition between him and Gardner Minshew. So being able to kind of keep his head on straight with all the drama and keep playing, I commend him a lot. And I think that's going to pay dividends when the team ends up hopefully figuring, hopefully for his sake, figuring things out around him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm excited to see what this Jaguars offense can be down the line. Obviously they've got to figure out the whole coaching situation long-term, but there's a lot of nice young pieces there. There it's uh, Lawrence, obviously looking at the running backs with Robinson, Metien, uh, LaVisca Chenault is really good. So they have a lot of things going for them. Uh, hopefully, yeah, they'll address the line a little bit coming up this off season. Um, and yeah, they do have a lot of nice things in place though. and should be, should be an interesting team to watch. Um, not yeah, to set the expectations too high, but and even if they get like um kind of a more smarter um offensive mind head coach like an Eric Bieniemy or like a Joe Brady or I don't know why his name's eluding me at the moment. Who's the Dallas's offensive coordinator? Uh it's Kellen Moore, right? Kellen Moore. I was gonna say I thought his name was Cooper for a second. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Like someone, like one of those guys that are like yeah. smart, offensive-minded guys that can scheme brilliantly. Like, what if they went with Jacksonville, went with one of those guys for their next head coach when Urban Meyer inevitably gets fired? Um, I think that could would pay dividends for Trevor Lawrence as well. Yeah, Brian Dale would be a good one too. He's been one of the best play callers in the league the past couple of years, I would say. Um, yeah, and Lawrence and Josh Allen have some similar traits, being taller, yeah. big-armed quarterbacks. Of course, no big quarterback runs like Josh Allen, but I feel like him and Lawrence have similar <laughs> similar traits in the yeah. sense. That would be good. And really just like I, – I say this a lot. Like quarterback success are 85% situation. So just put the best situation around a quarterback, especially with the talent of Trevor Lawrence – and I think they'll see results sooner than later if they just do that. Yeah, for sure. I uh, wanted to move things along going uh, into, yeah, just the other early block of games on Sunday. Uh, looking at the Vikings and the Panthers. Um, starting out kind of ugly, but ended up being a good one with the Vikings winning 34-28 to in overtime. Darnold started out a little iffy for the Panthers, Clutched up down 11. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, through the game-tying touchdown, they got the two-pointer, 42 seconds left. Um, but, yeah, Cousins and the Vikings offense just came up big in overtime. Um, I'll let you talk about Cousins for a minute, and then I want to talk about um, Greg Joseph, who missed two field goals in this game. Um What's new? Yeah, after after we thought the Vikings uh, kicker situation was solved. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll let you go on Kirk, and then I want to talk about kickers for a brief minute. Well, all I'd have to say is that it's officially Kirktober. <laughs> I, 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 I liked the way that he, uh, that he, that he played. That, that pun didn't come across as well as I you, wanted you, to. You like that? Yeah, I I did like that. 
I did really like that. Yeah, it's too yeah. simple to really play with. You just kind of got to go right at it. Yeah. Yeah, like Kirk put on his uh, Buzz Lightyear costume and absolutely <laughs> balled out for the Vikes. Like, he's really been for... Like, I kind of touched on this in our notes, but kind of thinking about it, he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in football. Of course, he's not among the elite of the elite, although he's among the elite in my heart. <laughs> yeah. But he's, um, yeah, he's not like, you know, the Mahomes and Allen, Lamar, Tyler. But, like, in terms of just, like, really solid, above-average quarterback play, Kirk Cousins really brings that every week. Mm-hmm. I know that he's got, you know, Jefferson and Thielen and Cook and Madison, you know, were really good offensive options. But I would even argue that the system he's in doesn't really help him a lot of the time, especially since Stefanski left. I feel like Mike Zimmer kind of has that sort of Pete Carroll-esque prehistoric offense. And I feel like yeah. Cousins is more than good enough to let let Kirk cook <laughs> in a lot of ways. And um, I just think that he's been really solid. And I think that he should be in the MVP discussions in a lot of ways. Of course, I have my gripes with the MVP, which if or, or we're going to talk about it later, that be on the, you know, the criteria of the MVP, but that's discussion for later. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to say the Vikings defense is starting to emerge. That's something throughout the offseason I was talking about with them is that if their offense could get back to the high level of play that they've been in the Zimmer era, uh, this team could be really legit in the NFC. And it's nice to see that Minnesota was really dominating Carolina for the majority of this game. You know, yeah. uh, Sam Darnold just, you know, turned off his, uh, just stopped seeing ghosts in the fourth and started to play good. But then, you know, Kirk got the ball in OT and uh, went back, and things went back to Kirk Tober, and he uh, won the game on a pretty beautiful throw to KJ Osborne yeah. for the game when he touched it. So overall, it, it's nice seeing the Vikings, you know, starting to kind of get in stride on both sides of the ball, and they really needed this one. They like if they let this Panthers game get away from them, that would have been really bad because. Their stretch going forward is really, really tough. I don't remember the specific teams, but I know that they have the hardest strength of schedule in the league, I believe, going forward. So they Pretty couldn't sure step up here. Too, yeah. So going, you know, going into their bye week three and three is really huge. And um I think this Vikings team, if they can just string together tough wins, their wins are gonna need to be tough because they're playing quality teams. Um, I think they could go in the playoffs probably as team the Packers will probably end up winning that division which is a shame because the Vikings lost a lot of games early on have won but um I think the Vikings are a team to look out for they can get going on offense and their defense is tough so um great win here by Minnesota and probably the best game of Sunday or the early you know Sunday games and um yeah I'm curious to see what the Vikings do in the Kirktober, Kirk Vember, and Kirk December, and Kirk Sember. <laughs> I was gonna say December. I'm like, no, it's it's Kirk Sember, and maybe yeah. Kirk Kirk January. Oh, that 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 doesn't work. Kirk, Kirk maybe even Kirk February. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely loses its effect. Uh, the more you go, yeah, um, okay, yeah, very much. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, all good points. Uh, I did want to mention 
uh, looking at the Vikings kicker struggles, one of my biggest pet peeves with NFL fans is whenever either a kicker is signed or a kicker is struggling, everybody wants to talk about freaking destroying and it drives me nuts because this is a guy who attempted exactly zero field goals in college literally zero so he hasn't attempted a field goal on a like in an actual football game since high school um so i don't really care what kind of trick shots he can do against nothing. Like, I, I just, it's so meaningless. And people, like, they seem to think that they know more about him than literal NFL teams and <laughs> scouts and people who pay attention to this kind of thing for a living. Like, if he was meant to be on an NFL team, he would at least be getting workouts and offers like that, but he's not. So there's got to be a reason why, and maybe it's because he wasn't even good enough to get a job in the CFL. So why do people expect him to be in the conversation in the NFL when, yeah, there's just no reason. Wow, that was more of a reason than I expected it to be. (laughs) But well, that was some Kirk Cousins level there. <laughs> but um, I I like that. But um, to be honest, I I don't know who de- destroying is. Really? But, um, I could figure it. To, I could figure it out by what you by what you just said in that context. And yeah, I mean, people like it's kind of like J Cole, the rapper, trying to play in the NBA. Like, there's a reason why they're not able to because this is the best players and athletes in the world yeah. playing in the NFL and the NBA respectively since I brought up J. Cole. Like, it, like people don't realize how good professional athletes are. Even the worst professional athletes, even the ones we make fun of, are still a lot better than even like good quality college players Yeah, like J. Cole was at basketball. He was a good college basketball player but he's not as good as probably any NBA player. So like yeah, like people just it's kind of just a reminder. People just need to know how good NFL kickers are. Even Greg Joseph, who's screwed the Vikings over numerous times, like many other Vikings kickers, they're still a lot better than any college kicker. At least, yeah. and at I least think even the, the even the elite of the elite college kickers, he's probably yeah. still better than them, so Yeah. And I think it. a lot of people don't realize how hard kicking the ball is like there's so many little things that you can like you can practice everything so perfectly and then one like little thing will go wrong and it ruins the whole kick and it looks awful but really it's such a minor issue that like uh created the miss i guess especially like when it hold, yeah and it, especially when it's such a small sample size in a game where um, if you look at like a quarterback could start a game um, one for six passing and it looks 
awful, but he gets to attempt like 20 more passes and even that <laughs> out where a kicker might only get three attempts in a game. And if you miss two of those, that looks awful. Um, <laughs> Very true. So yeah, I think mentally just, too. Because yeah. like, say you're a quarterback and you throw, uh, say you're like playing with Tyree Kill and you throw him a five yard pass and he takes it 70 yards for a touchdown. Like that's like, as a kicker, you don't get something like that. You, you can't get like a sort of safety, you know, yeah, safety there's no help. Like, yeah. Like, um, sorry, go ahead. I would say like, like kicking is super mentally difficult. Like it, there is like, it's a huge mental thing. And, you know, I, I say often a lot of times that kickers ruin football, but it's just the way the game is structured and like good, good to great kickers need to maybe need to be commended more, you know, for what they do for their teams. Like, especially someone like a Justin Tucker who can give your offense so much. Like if you're struggling, just kick a 55 yarder with Justin Tucker. Yeah. Darn near automatic. So, like, yeah. So good kicker should be commended more. And uh, we should all realize that we are nowhere near close to any professional. <laughs> Assuming that no professional athletes listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good point. You really don't know who destroying is? I don't. I mean, I'm not that active on like YouTube or like TikTok or yeah. stuff like that. So um, I'm not like disrespecting de- destroying. I just don't know who he is. Yeah. So he was, he was a kicker at uh, Central Florida um, who was making YouTube videos doing like trick shots and stuff. And then Dan CA didn't like that. So he ended up walking away from college football and has pretty much just been doing like YouTube and social media stuff ever since he mm-hmm. got a brief shot um, in the CFL, but I don't, I don't think he even attempted like a preseason kick. I know he punted once or twice but didn't hold a spot on the roster. Um, but because he can kick like 70 yards against air in a YouTube video, people seem to think that he has what it takes to be an NFL kicker. Um, and I think they should just stop. <laughs> yeah, it's like me making a half-court shot in basketball like with nobody else in the gym. Yeah, and like okay. who knows how many attempts, right? <laughs> Yeah, like, like okay, maybe I can make, like, one out of, like, 25 attempts or something like that. But, like, yeah, like I'm not going to do that against actual defense. Like, just for an example, it's, I don't know, people are, get misconstrued. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got to move things along if we're going <laughs> to have time for everything we want to talk about. Uh, okay. Real quick, Packers and Bears. Roger still owns the Packers, uh, secured the game with a rushing touchdown and then had some words to share with the fans. Um, watching through what I did from this one, I saw a lot of good things from Fields. I really like his arm talent, but he seems <laughs> to like to take those deep shots when they're not there. Like, he'll like have the a receiver downfield with like two defenders in the area and he'll overthrow it by like 10 yards. It just doesn't if you only focus on what he did, 
meaning throwing the ball really far. It looks really nice. Mm-hmm. But in context, when you overthrow a guy in double coverage and it gets intercepted in the back of the end zone, not a great look. Just something that he's going to have to work on and hopefully does this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything quick to add to that? Or, Well, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is saying that to a uh... Ravens, Browns, and Bengals fans next season. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I agree with what you said about Justin Fields. He's still really talented. And kind of like what I said about Lawrence, he just needs to start putting it together. I would say, kind of like also like Jalen Hurts, we talked about earlier, I feel like the system in place is not necessarily great for Justin Fields dealing mm-hmm. with the uh, fake magician Matt Nagy. But um, I, I think that Fields is really talented. You know, he's gutsy. He's super athletic. I think he'll figure it out and be a really good quarterback sometime soon. So, yeah, that's what I'd like to say. Packers, Bears, it's always been outmatched in the Aaron Rodgers era. Nothing that happened in this game is really a surprise to me, to be honest. Yeah. And, like, the Bears have just been such a bland team for, like, the past, I don't know, 30 years Um, (laughs) that – well, that's a large they, sample size. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when was the last time, even like their Super Bowl appearance in 2006, it, they're such a forgettable team. Um, so really, like you got to go back to 1985 was the last time they really did something interesting. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah, they finally have like this nice, shiny quarterback who can do crazy things. And I hopefully... They can use it well. Um, please, as a Justin yeah. Fields fan, please use them well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all for that right now. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs visiting the Washington football team uh, looked interesting at the half, 13 to 3. And then the Chiefs just ran away with it, finished it <laughs> 31 to 13. Uh, Mahomes had almost 400 passing yards in this one. Uh, also had one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Um, no disrespect there, really. <laughs> I think he knows that it was bad from the start uh, when he dropped the snap, rolled out, got wrapped up, and was like, I- "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let this go and see what happens." Um, <laughs> so not a great look, but I mean, somebody's got to catch it, like yeah. throw it up, like so- someone's got to like. Might be your guy, might be the other guy. No. Yeah, but when you're in borderline field goal range at the end of the half in a close game and you just kind of say screw it and <laughs> put it in the air, that was not his best football. And I'm pretty sure he's aware of that. And I'm pretty sure he won't do it again. But we're going to talk about it while we can. Um, <laughs> another thing, like just a bizarre interception from this one did you see the uh tershawn wharton interception i did and that was pretty remarkable yeah these big defensive linemen you know they put their hands up a lot of times they're trained to do that you know just to try to bat down a pass and you never know sometimes you can get a freaky occurrence like that where you could pick off a quarterback so just credit to him for a pretty wild play yeah, it's one thing to get your hand up and actually touch the ball. But to kind of grab it and then trap it on the offensive lineman's helmet, uh, just 
bizarre, hilarious to see, and um, definitely something he'll remember forever. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have anything to add there quickly? Yeah, the only thing I would say is that I know we just make fun of Mahomes for his very goofy interception. I said goofy. Gotta, gotta take it while we can with someone yeah. like him. Um, but I feel yeah. like people were really taking his high amount of interceptions like stats beforehand. I said I saw something interesting that the Chiefs lead the league in yards per drive, points per drive, and drive success rate eighty four percent. So when I think yeah. about it, like the Chiefs offense is still one of the elite in football with not being as dynamic as the elite offenses. And I even looked and I saw that Mahomes negative throws were down like a negative percentage was down from last season. So mm-hmm. people are kind of just taking the Chiefs' high amount of turnovers as a team and saying, like, oh, they've fallen off. You know, teams have figured out Mahomes. I'm like, well, no, it's just not as easy for them. But, like, Patrick Mahomes, even at his quote-unquote weakest, is still leading an elite offense and is still leading the league in touchdown passes and is playing at a really high level. So it's kind of just food for Yes, the Chiefs aren't as dominant, but it's just crazy how high Patrick Mahomes are. And I even I always say that like goat players should have goat standards, and people yeah. really put goat standards on Patrick. So since I'm, you know, I hype him up so much, I guess that's in a sense good to see that people are at least put these goat standards on him. I just wish they put you know goat standards for everybody when they <laughs> call them the go that's that's all i have to say yeah yeah uh that sounds like I a whole you know other pinting hat but yeah. yeah that sounds like a whole other thing that we could do a whole show on but to make now people really mad <laughs> um, but yeah i think a lot of it this year it's just magnified so much when their defense has been playing so poorly and they're mm-hmm. giving up like 30 points a game. Um, when the th- three losses you do have are two, three very good teams, two of those were one score games, but you're turning the ball over an average of three times, or I guess 3.3333, but that doesn't make <laughs> logical sense in this case. Um, <laughs> in those games, yeah. Um, it just makes it look that much worse where like, if you look at the chargers game, they lost by six points, but had four turnovers, including one down the stretch. When I don't remember if it was tied or if they were losing at that point, but um, the one where he overthrew Kelsey and it just really cost them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not too concerned. I think they're, wow. It's just bizarre looking at, their stats right now and it's like fifth in points second in total yards and 32nd in turnovers um, <laughs> it's just so strange to see but yeah i do think they'll be okay they just got to tighten up especially to kind of counteract how bad that defense is yeah it also puts a lot of pressure on the chiefs offense like you're gonna give up a crazy amount of yards and points and chew up a lot of the time of possession like Mahomes in the back of your mind, like you know, like we have to score right now, so you yeah. have to be really aggressive to try to score. 
that mentality, which does, yes, lead to a lot of turnovers, they're still an elite offense and still close with every team really they're playing. So, so yeah, like, I, I feel like people should Mahomes and the Chiefs credit rather than saying that Mahomes has been bad or, like, even at Mahomes' worst, he is never bad. Like, I would even argue he still never really had a quote-unquote bad game in his career with the context of game flow. So Yeah, that's fair. Um, so that's what I really have to say for all the, the people hating on Mahomes. Because <laughs> the way Josh Allen is to the way that Mahomes is to me. So yeah. I, I, I have to go out of my way here to uh, defend to defend uh, the man with the Patrick Price. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, another quarterback who apparently still needs some defending, uh, looking at Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Mm. Big win Smooth. over, yeah, big <laughs> win over the Chargers um, this past weekend, thirty-four to six. That is the second worst loss of uh, Justin Herbert's young career. The worst being forty-five to nothing defeat to New England last year. Uh, shout out to the Ravens defense. I actually considered nominating um, Ravens defense coordinator Don Martindale for um, the work they did as a unit this week, holding Herbert under 200 yards and the team as a whole under 26 rushing yards. Um, it was weird looking at the numbers from this one because with a 34 to 6 point win, you expect some big, um, like, offensive production. But I think, I mean, uh, context, um, the Chargers went for it on fourth down quite often, as they do, and were not as fortunate as they usually are. They were one for four <laughs> this week. Um, so how we kind of commended Staley last week against the Browns for going it and coming up this is one of those things where it's like um, Live it by works you're a genius yeah literally like it works you're a genius it doesn't you look like an idiot but um, <laughs> hey at least he's consistent right so yeah. uh, Lamar yeah, Jackson yeah. didn't have an amazing game he was 19 for 27 passing 160 yard 67 yards sorry one touchdown two interceptions um and 51 yards on eight carries the uh 2016 all-star running backs um kind of had a decent shelling uh with Devonte freeman and latavius murray both having over 40 yards and a touchdown and Le'Veon bell got involved on the ground a little bit as well Wearing um, 17 for whatever reason. Yeah. It's kind of uggo. I don't love it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think he did post on Instagram, I believe at one point, those like add one to the left and subtract one to the right, and that's 26. And it's like, okay, but nobody's saying that. It just looks dumb. So <laughs> um, maybe he made it 27. Team was last time he was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's the year he's still living in in his head. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the reason that there wasn't as much offensive production in this game is just because the Chargers kept turning it over on downs in questionable field position. Um, mm-hmm. So 
yeah, I think the Ravens are still really good. The Chargers should rebound okay. Yeah. Um, this is just a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Doug. do you have anything to add to that quickly? Yeah, I would say the Chargers kind of just had their uh, Tampa versus Saints game from last year where it's just a dud game against a good team. Of course, that was a divisional game, so divisional games are different, but this is just – you know, I feel like every good team every year has like a game where they kind of play like play like crap, and this was just that game for the Chargers. I'm not fretting though. The Ravens are a really good team, and they're starting to emerge all around. So credit to the Ravens, and uh, I'm not too worried about the Chargers. So yeah, that's yeah. Really all I have to say. Yeah, that's fair. Um, sorry, looking at where we're at for. <laughs> time right now i think i'm going to jump ahead to the uh cardinals and browns quick Mm -hmm. um this should have been a really good game it would be a lot closer especially with the cardinals covid situation their coaching staff um but obviously not uh (laughs) seven to 14 great showing by the cardinals on the road um every time I want to buy in to Baker Mayfield being good. He gives me a really strong reason not to yet. Um, you know, although he was playing injured and the Hail Mary at the end of the first half was awesome, but um, just not, not a great look. Um, obviously the Browns kind of rebounded last night, but without him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I guess that he just didn't wake up feeling dangerous. I guess not. He woke up uh, feeling mediocre. And yeah, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, so we had four Kyler Murray touchdowns in this one and five sacks by the Cardinals as a team, including a J.J. Watt strip sack, which I think everybody likes to see every now and then. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, do you have anything else to say about that quick before we jump along? I wanted to look at the uh, Cowboys and Patriots next. Yeah, it's just um, credit to Arizona for a really good performance, obviously, uh, going into Cleveland and uh, whooping them. Cleveland is a very weird team. I know that they were really beat up, but they keep really mirroring themselves from last season, so it's really hard to gauge how good they are, actually. Like, they're one of the, I think they're the most talented roster in the AFC, but, like, they're game to game. They're so hard to, like, get a grip. And um, I kind of just scratch my head when thinking, like, just, just thinking about them as a team. Like, they're either in shootouts, they underperform against bad teams, or they get blown out by good ones. So, like, I yeah. think they're just a hard team to really put together. I'm like, again, I know they're hurt, but, like, this is kind of a pattern they have as a team. So, like, I'm just a weird team, and Arizona's a very good one. Although they should have lost to the Vikings if Greg Joseph <laughs> could make a 37-yard kick straight on, which would give you know Kirk Zember a win, the only the only win against Arizona. But I digress. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. Looking at the <laughs> Cowboys and Patriots, uh, pretty interesting game. I think a little better than I thought. Uh, the 35 to 29 Cowboys win in overtime. Uh, Dak had a really good game, broke the record for most passing yards against uh, the Belichick Patriots uh, with 445. 
uh, surpassed Peyton Manning and other elite names like Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Kurt Warner, some either Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers, and then uh, Chad Henney. Hmm, the um, Henny God. Yeah, up there too. So, um, Trayvon Diggs added to his interception streak. He now has seven in six weeks, which is a new record in the Super Bowl era. Uh, kind of conflicting player. I don't want to get into this too much, but mm-hmm. obviously what he's doing um, deserves recognition because it's never been done before obviously um i think a lot of it is kind of incidental which is kind of <coughs> sorry uh kind of the nature of uh interceptions as a whole um but yeah obviously he's doing something right yeah yeah i mean he's obviously a really talented player and i know he's giving up a ton of yardage but like the ability to just jump around and the risk of taking a ball back to the house is so valuable that like you'll give up the hearts and coverage for the odds of him turning, taking a ball back to the house. Yeah. And obviously it's not hurting them too bad yet uh, as they are still yeah. firmly leading in the division, but who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If that's all for that, moving along, looking at the Sunday night game between the Seahawks and the Steelers. Uh, I know it'll be tough for you to kind of contain yourself uh, <laughs> with this team, but um, this is a little closer than I expected. Uh, the Seahawks offense generally looked competent without <laughs> Wilson, but obviously not as explosive. Um, <laughs> Alex Collins had his first. 100-yard game since December 2017 when he was with the Ravens, also coincidentally against the Steelers. Um, Mm -hmm. And last notable thing from that is TJ Watt had two sacks in overtime, which I believe from my research is the most in a single overtime period since 1994, which is when uh, Pro Football Reference has single play stats dating back to um including the game ceiling or i guess game stealing sorry uh <laughs> yeah wow, why don't you is... take it from there for a minute <laughs> <laughs> well that is a lot of gfb stats yeah but um, yeah i mean it's a Steelers game so you know it had to be a high wire act of nail biting um, wow like there's so many things that went on but um kind of like you said T.J. Watt, like Kirk Cousins, uh, is my hero. <laughs> T.J. Watt saved the uh, Steelers from themselves this game by just being, by just earning every penny they paid him, and being one of, in my opinion, the best edge rusher in football. And he really came through for a Steelers team that desperately needed to be three and three, going into their bye week to give themselves some breathing room in the highly competitive AFC North. Um, their offense is, you know, starting to put it together, especially with Najee Harris being a machine of dominant football running. So, um, yeah, I think that they're putting it together, but, um, you know, their division's still really tough. And, um, obviously they have a very tough December stretch. So, um, yeah, this is just a big win for the Steelers and a promising look for the Seahawks who are missing 
arguably the most valuable player in football in Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm not too uh, comfortable with uh, – yeah, I wouldn't be too comfortable with Geno Smith. I don't expect too much from them. Uh, but it's nice to know that they're not completely screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they should look at Cam. Like, I know they had him in for a visit, but um, perhaps – That would be interesting. Play. I mean, I would love to see their offense with Cam, you know, Lockett and uh, Metcalf and then Cam. That would be pretty dynamic. But um, yeah. it might be a little too late. I don't know, but it kind of just depends on Russ's timetable. Yeah, for sure. Um, jumping to the last game of the week um, with the Bills in Tennessee. Kind of stings to this day. Um, <laughs> obviously, Derrick Henry just did his thing. Uh, really tough to have a good uh, – play a good full 60 minutes against him. Um, <laughs> casually broke a 76-yard touchdown run, made it look like nothing. Became the fastest ball carrier of the season at six foot three, two fifty pounds, uh, which is insanity. Had his third three-touchdown game of the year. Uh, the record is five in a full season. Um, just absurd. Obviously, that was. Uh, maybe not obviously that was Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006 when he won MVP um, and set the single season rushing touchdown record so that's something to pay attention to Um, I think the biggest downfall of the Bills here was they just didn't do enough defensively obviously you can't really uh, bash them for letting Derrick Henry do what Derrick Henry does but they only had one takeaway. They had zero sacks in the game, which I thought was absurd, especially considering the Taylor one injury. Um, but yeah, it came down to the aggressiveness in the end to go for it, which I really like the idea um, because the way those offenses had been playing, you let it go to, you kick the field goal, let it go to overtime. You're leaving it up to the coin flip where mm-hmm. I think they're, odds of winning the game if they go for it um are higher yeah. are just that much better where josh allen doesn't mess up that play very often um yeah which was kind of strange in the moment i'm like you're so big just go just get the ball put it over then tuck it in and well you're in business. Yeah. i mean very often you see guys um yeah, especially like Lamar and Allen, where they'll do a quarterback sneak, and instead of just pushing forward, they'll find a hole. Um, yeah. And it looked like he was trying to do that, but the hole happened to be directly where the Titans' best defensive lineman was, <laughs> um, especially with how the center and the guards got a good push, so he could have fallen forward gone over the top, whatever, and converted, he ended up getting stuffed, falling on his face, and losing the game, which um, wasn't fun to see, but a uh, good win for the Titans overall. Mm-hmm. Um, Big win. Yeah, I think this means a lot more for them than it would have for the Bills, even though it would have been nice to see, and you get a little momentum going into this week when they play the Chiefs, which should be a really interesting one. Hmm. Yeah, like... um. I, I, I agree with I, I agree with 
McDermott going for it, except I probably would have had Josh Allen throwing to the end zone because I think that they could have gotten in. But, um, yeah, and I totally agree. I think whichever offense first in overtime probably would have won this game. But yeah. um, overall, it was just a thrilling Monday night game to end out the week. And um, it really shows how much it takes to beat Buffalo when they are on. Yeah. And that'll pay dividends going forward. Like, this wasn't even, like you said, that great of performance for Buffalo. Yet, they still, you know, were neck and neck with a team that's one of the most explosive offenses in football. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough to swallow for the Bills. But, you know, they're still going to firmly win that division and be a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. And I'm curious to see what Tennessee can do going forward with a weak defense, but a very explosive offense. So, yeah, and their defense still has some uh, some nice things. Uh, Harold Landry has been great as a pass rusher for them this year. Um, their secondary, which was very injured um, this past game, was they're very oh. young, um, and they have. Some actually, I think now that I'm thinking about, sure Caleb Farley might be done for the year if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, before ACL, unfortunately. Yeah, they have some decent pieces. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of getting it all together. One last Mm -hmm. thing, um, the Bills did add to their 30 point streak. Uh, they're now at five games, tied for 18th in NFL history, uh, one behind what would be tied for ninth place. Um, and you know who did who did that is oh no shoot, uh, ignore everything I was saying. I ah <laughs> oh, dang it, I had a hunch and was looking and. I was just wrong because I saw the Bills had a streak of six, but that was not the end of last year, which I thought it was. Um, That's kind of awkward. I don't know where that went. So pretend I didn't start going down that road. Um, That wraps (laughs) up. Like the men in black with the little machines that yeah. make you forget. <laughs> yeah, we'll just play that card for a minute. Um, that wraps up all the games from week six. Uh, hopefully we can do this fast. But like I said, I want to do some award kind of predictions at this point in the season. Um, I guess not necessarily predictions, but based on where we're at right now. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't mind, I'd like to keep this shorter. So if we could. Yeah. Drop your MVP rant for now, <laughs> and then you could run through that next week if you like. Yeah, I mean, I made a whole post on it, so if anybody, yeah, curious, just check it out. But, um, yeah, like I'm not big on the MVP award, but they'll, they'll see why. Yeah, you can check that out on Greatness Debates. Um, mm-hmm. but for now, looking at the MVP, um, I think it's 
pretty wide open, which is strange. But for right now, I think I've got to go with Kyler Murray just based on how good he's been playing. They're the only undefeated team remaining. There's no real reason to take it away from him. Um, so that's that's where I'm going for right now. Yeah, I would go like I would go Lamar Jackson if the MVP actually means the MVP, the most valuable yeah. player. But if you're just referring to the best performing quarterback, then I would agree with Kyler Murray because he's been, you know, putting up huge numbers on an explosive offense. Is six and zero, oh. so yeah, like best performing. Yeah, he just kind of checks the boxes for what you like in an MVP, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with Kyler, but if you mean most valuable player, I gotta say Lamar because of how well yeah. the Rams are performing. Just so many injuries. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, looking at Offensive Player of the Year, we got a agreement on this one with Derrick Henry. Uh, I think that's pretty straightforward. Honestly, <laughs> could be in the MVP conversation, or I guess sh- should be in the MVP conversation too. Uh, yes. and you can make a very strong case for him there, but mm. uh, he's in the uh, great he's so in the going. greatness debates most outstanding player conversation though. Oh yeah, which is um, MVP. It's more valid. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't think we need to elaborate much on what he's doing. Kind of speaks for himself. Uh, defensive player of the year. I have Miles Garrett right now. Obviously, uh, the numbers now are a little skewed because he played one extra game last night. But he's leading the league in sacks with nine and a half through seven games, uh, which is just crazy. Uh, I believe he's leading in pressures still too. Um, I, I'm not against TJ Watt here, but I think just having that extra game or so missing uh, kind of mm-hmm. hurts his role in the conversation at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually chose Watt. Yeah. By side, but I mean, I think missing the game and a half and still, you know, being fifth in the league in TFLs with second, uh, twelve QB hits, which is fifth in the league. Seven sacks, which is second to Miles Garrett in the league, and leading the league in forced fumbles with three, all while missing a game and a half. Uh, the so, like, I think that's more impressive. The fact he missed, like I said, a game and a half, and is still so high in these stats. But um, I guess we have to just see how the game or how the season continues to roll out, and to see while continuing to perform at such a high level. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, there's still so much football left. And I expected uh, kind of a defense player of the year caliber season from Watt going into the year. Uh, So I'm not against it. I just think Garrett's been just, yeah, I mean, obviously more consistent having that extra game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes Uh, sense. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, offensive rookie of the year. I have Jamar Chase right now. Um, I just think what he's been doing is really great. Um, sorry, I'm just double checking the stats. I should have had this ready, but he is fourth in the league in receiving yards right now. It's 553, averaging 20 and a half yards per catch. I feel like every game he's just breaks one for like 50 yards. Uh, <laughs> he's second in yards per reception behind only Henry Ruggs right now. Uh, and five touchdowns in six games doesn't hurt too. So that's where I'm going at this point. 
not too shabby, but um, I would go Najee Harris. Oh, sorry, what'd you say? Nothing, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I would go um, just because I feel like I would argue that he's a top 10 back in football right now, and I would even maybe even argue top eight. Um, he's third in scrimmage yards. He's seventh in rushing yards. He's fourth in attempts. He is tied for 10th in broken tackles. However, on the receiving side, he's tied for the league leader with uh, DeAndre Swift in running back receptions. He is third in running back receiving yards and is tied for third in running back receiving touchdowns. So I feel like all around as a running back, Najee Harris has been extremely dynamic and really dominant ever since the offensive line has started to put it together. However, it's still one of the weaker lines in the league, yet Najee Harris is just producing at such a high level all around that I would go with him over Jamar Chase. And also, I feel like Najee ranks higher in his position than Jamar Chase would necessarily. Of course, receivers deeper than running back, so that's kind of a – maybe that's, you know, a little difficult of a conversation to have, but I would just go Najee right now by slight margin and I think going forward you know these guys stay healthy I think Najee probably clearly takes it just with the amount of usage usage he's going to have it's possible I just think what Chase is doing um as a rookie wide receiver is a little more impressive than what Harris is doing as like a bell cap running back yeah it just it's more so on what you would value yeah because yeah, of course, the yardage and touchdowns and stuff would be skewed towards a running back. But um, I don't know. It, it's kind of a tough conversation to have, at least right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, like we said before, a lot of football yet to come. Uh, defensive mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. We are in agreement on this one uh, with Micah Parsons. I think he's just been he's just been making plays uh, all over the field and. Yeah. I think nobody else has really separated themselves like he has. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've had some other solid guys, but I just think he's been so complete as a linebacker uh, that he's the choice right now. I wouldn't be surprised if someone else joins that conversation, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just a really good athlete. He's really versatile. And he's adding a lot to a Dallas defense, which is emerging. So, credit to him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Comeback player of the year. I think this is pretty easy uh, looking at Dak Prescott. Obviously, there's a couple cases you could make. Uh, Even Carson Wentz technically is a contender, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Dak coming off of that injury and being – realistically an MVP candidate like he is, uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's leading an elite offense. He's really talented. Um, Yeah, I, I just don't see any objections right now to Dak Prescott. But um, I just like to shout out Carson Wentz, who's been really efficient. Um, He's been getting the ball down the field. And um, he's just having a pretty underrated season. So credit to Carson Wentz. But I would give this award to Dak at the moment, at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last one, looking at Coach of the Year. Um, there's some decent ones to talk about here. I have 
Cliff Kingsbury, uh, just looking at how that offense has been performing with the 6-0 and start, I just think it makes sense. Uh, what about you? I went Brandon Staley, just um, kind of for how, how good the Chargers have looked. I know they had a dud week, so this is probably the worst time to call Brandon Staley <laughs> the year. But, um, yeah, I just their offense looks really good. And I like how he's, you know, in putting his scheme into the Chargers, especially looking at how he's utilizing Derwin James. And in his system, I would argue that Derwin James is the best safety in football. And um yeah, I just I think I would go Staley, but um I really it's hard to argue against Kingsbury because of how well the Cardinals are performing. Yeah. But um I don't know. I just I just you know, Maybe I'm also biased by just because hearing Brandon Staley talk about football is uh, an awesome experience because <laughs> he's a very intelligent guy. So maybe I'm being swayed a bit too much, but um, he's just a brilliant defensive mind who's going to influence a ton of guys. He's probably going to have a really good coaching tree of creative defense, which my opinion, the league needs. Yeah. And um, this is just a bad time to talk about the car, uh, the chargers because it's just awkward. Yeah. But um, I think going forward, I think this team's going to be very good. And um, I would just go with Staley at the moment, but um, I'm really not going to sit here and try to argue against Cliff while yeah. he sits in his drug lord mansion watching his team <laughs> destroy the Browns without him. So, yeah. um, so who, who, who am I to say? Yeah. Um, so that wraps up that segment. Last thing for the day, uh, looking at this week's GOAT of the Week. Uh, like we said before, the nominees are Derek Henry, Kirk Cousins, and CeeDee Lamb. We'll start with third place with a grand total of seven votes is Kirk Cousins. Oh. Uh, yeah, just not not, not your week. Uh, maybe next time. But Kirk, Kirk the, Tober. Still Kirk Tober in, in yeah. my, my mind. Yeah, you got, you got another week to play on that. So... Um, <laughs> The winner for this week with an overwhelming 107 votes is Derrick Henry. No shocker there. Um, CD Lamb finished in second with 19 votes. But yeah, it was kind of a runaway from uh, before we even opened the nominations. So yeah, um, admittedly, I went with Kirk just for the vibes. Yeah, (laughs) I knew that Derrick Henry was going to win, but um. I don't know. I just kind of liked Kirk's game on Sunday. <laughs> that, that was a bad pun. I shouldn't trade Mark that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was glad you left uh, Henry there for me because there were a lot, yeah, like I said, a lot of guys I was thinking about. But um, yeah, that's it for today. Um, obviously some nice action, hopefully coming up this week and yeah, I think that's all I have to say right now. Um, (laughs) so yeah, once again, thank you all for listening. It's very appreciated. Um, Mm -hmm. yep. My brain's (laughs) empty. So I'm going to, I'm going to call that. Uh, yeah. Hope you all enjoyed last night uh for what it was and everything coming up yeah i hope you guys have a good weekend of football and i'll hope to see you back after it yeah thank you all for listening and uh kirk tober yep one more week of that 
and then we'll yep. we'll see what November holds. But it's it will be Kirk Vember. Whatever you say. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it for today. Thank you all once again, and see you back next time. All right. Thank you for listening. Take care, everybody. Yep.